0: Hi, this is Bailey Curry.
1: Dallin Bestwick here.
0: Brendan God here, former driver of number 62.
1: This is Gary Owen from the Go On YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sarn. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening
0: to it. Everybody tune in.
1: Welcome back to the quick pit podcast you're back for another week we're back for another week it's 8:45 in the morning it's a little, a little tired and it took us a while to get it set up this morning but we're we're live today uh back on the show how are you doing today connor
2: i'm doing good um just another day uh we have a long weekend here it's tuesday and we don't have school so it's been a nice nice long weekend for us yes before we get begin we'll shout out Kind of our partner here on the show has been on here before, covering for me, Eric from Zents NC. He's an up-and-coming YouTuber with great content, all NASCAR things. He had a hype, he had a hype video release just last week. So he is a great. It's a great show. It's a great channel. Awesome editing. Awesome audio. And that's what makes or breaks a YouTuber. So definitely go check him out. He'll he most likely will have another YouTube YouTube video dropping within the end of the week here. So make and sure you go check we out.
1: We'll be on it.
2: Yes, we will. So make yes. sure you guys go check it out. Links for his Twitter and YouTube will be in the description below. Um, it's definitely worth a uh, subscribe on YouTube.
1: Yes. And our other partner, I guess, not quite partner. They don't technically sponsor us, but Circle B Diecast. We have a promo code with them. We use the word QUICKPIT, all caps, no spaces um, for free shipping on any order, $20 or more. I actually just used the code the other day. Uh, Connor, you're going to yell at me for this. Uh, I ordered uh, Michael McDowell, Daytona 500, winning diecast, autographed 124 scale, the big one. Uh,
2: see, see, if you don't know, Ethan has a problem. His problem is that he ends up in the target die cast section every time he goes to target. Mm-hmm. And he ends up staying on target. A lot of money on it so he has a little uh, little problem here but um, they're only
1: Connor, i keep a, looking i keep looking for a bowman one and i can't find one i keep wanting to grab one for you
2: it's not my money it's uh it's yours so i couldn't <laughs> but hey if you use the promo code it helps it helps out you get free shipping and it helps out us so please use that um when you go when you're trying to go get your diecast
1: <laughs> yes all right. With, with that being said, let's launch into the the news. Not quite as big of a news week as last week was, but we did have some pretty interesting uh, developments starting off with speed weeks. Connor, the schedule was released and let, let's break that down.
2: Yeah. It's been kind of like the past couple of weeks. It's kind of had mentioned, but it wasn't anything like official in place, but this is the updated one and kind of more the more set in stone one on. Um, so it's us from February 15th to tw- the 20th, so February 15th, February 20th. On Tuesday, there'll be cup practice at 5.05. That's the 15th. Yeah, in in the night. And Wednesday, the next day, the 16th, there'll be cup qualifying at 8.05 at night. Thursday, ARCA practice from 4.05 at 4.05. Cup practice at 5.05, and then the cup duels are at 7. So an action-packed Thursday there, um at daytona and then friday gets even more busier with arca qualifying at 130 truck qualifying at three Xfinity practice at 435 cup practice at 535 and then the truck race at seven thirty at night then on saturday the day before the, the 500 you have cup another cup practice session at ten thirty. you have xfinity qualifying and then at eleven thirty-five after the cup practice you've arca you have the arca race at 130 Then you have the Xfinity race at five during sunset, which is gonna be I, well, uh, yeah, I think it's during sunset, kind of right around there. Um, And then, of course, Sunday is the 500 at 2:30. So that could be changed, but that is the more set in stone lineup for Daytona.
1: 500 at 2:30. Yeah. Is
2: that one? I I probably won't be started till three, but it does. According to Bob Pakris, it does says 2:30.
1: Is that the, uh, like, main Fox coverage time? Or is that – I highly doubt that's the green flag time.
2: Let me see what NASCAR says on their app. But that's what Bob Parker said. Okay. That might be, like, pregame ceremonies, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. So let me pull that up real quick. I'm almost there. Um,
1: well, overall, I think the thing we can take no, away no. from this –
2: it does say two thirty at on Fox. Hmm. Two thirty.
1: Interesting. All maybe, right. Well, maybe, that means maybe
2: they're, maybe they're changing it from the three thirty to the two thirty so we don't have any more like losing laps at the end. the Sun, which of course Daytona has lights, but just all season. Hopefully, I can't stand the three thirty times.
1: Yeah. Well. Times. Well, uh, I have a youth retreat. Uh, coming back from that Sunday, so I was actually hoping it was a 3:30 start time because it meant I missed less of the race, but uh, oh, oh well, I, I guess those things can't be changed. I'll miss part of it, but I should be able to see the finish. Connor was yelling at me because I'm kind of hoping for a small rain delay that day, so I don't have to miss the race or more of the race. but um...
2: well, we all know that Daytona 500 usually don't go to their finished mileage. Um, they usually don't go all 500 miles or they usually well, go over 500 miles. So true. maybe if you hurry up, um, you can get home and I mean, you know, you know, in the middle of the race, goes the middle of the race, just nobody wants to crash except for the, except for the stage end. So, um, that's if true. you're in between there, it's kind of just, you know, that jostling for position. So, so that, that was the, you know, new updated schedule on the Daytona week and speed weeks as a whole. Um, I remember when speed weeks used to be like three weeks long, um, yeah. long speed weeks, and you know I think I this is nice, just kind of a nice, you know, longer weekend. But guys um, are the new kind of updated Daytona um, week times schedule.
1: It's certainly action packed, and that's nice. Is that that whole week there will be things to watch, um, and uh, that's that's a month away as we sit here right now, Connor. In a month we'll be getting ready for the trucks to, to take the green flag later tonight, later that night. Um, we're, we're in the home stretch of the off season and it's pretty exciting. Next up Cody Ware announced to drive full time in the 51 next year, running for cup points. He's competing for the championship, Connor for Rick Ware racing next year. Um, And uh, my bet that Rick Ware Racing was going to have a top 25 car in points is shot. Uh, No offense to Cody Ware, but I think this will be a team and car that struggles. Uh, Any thoughts for you, Connor?
2: I mean, you think they're going into like, you know, we've mentioned the next gen and mentioned that a team could hit it off hot and hit it off cold. I just have a feeling that Rick Ware Racing is going to hit this car off cold as a rock. And there you're just going to like, plummet the first half of the season, you know, down at the very bottom. And I to be honest now I'm looking at it, I don't even know why you did that bet. Um maybe you thought they would have Blicky or something in the race where they don't DNF every every other week like Bear does no And hey if you're listening Cody where you want to come on the show for an interview? Um as we trash him.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I will say I will say Cody Ware is decent at road courses um he's run indie races he's run all right there he's run sports cars before he's run pretty good there and Rick Ray racing does have the stewart house racing alliance um cody Ware is just inexperienced i think he's he's a cool personality i think it would be great to get to talk to him uh, but i don't know how this team's going to perform i think he will do better than he did last year um But I think, I don't think we should expect a super uh, amazing season, all things considered, from them. They're definitely probably not a playoff card unless this next-gen card brings teams way closer than we thought. Um, But yeah, I think we will see improvement. I think that team, I think they have a chance to crack. I think they have a chance to crack the top 25. I just don't think it's a good chance. Um, and so I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. Maybe they can grab a win at a super speedway or something. I don't know, but you know, that, that's the only full-time car for, for racing. They're only running two cars next year. So, and then segueing into the, to the next piece of news and that's that David Reagan will run the Daytona 500 for Rick Ware racing and other races as well for the team in the 15 car On top of that, Ryan Priest will also run races in the 15 car. The rest of the dates are to be announced. Connor, thoughts on that?
2: Well, for the Cody Ware thing, he is good at road courses, and I can give him that. So I do think he has a chance of sneaking in the top 10. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think it's going to be a great year for for him in the 51 car. For um, Priest and Reagan, I mean – I, I think it's just a good opportunity kind of for both to just get, you know, more experience. And you know, as I said, you don't know how these teams are going to hit the next gen car. It's going to take a couple of weeks into the season to see who hit it, who didn't. Um, but I mean, I mean, it's a good opportunity for Priests, it's a good opportunity for Reagan. Um, it's a good, even better for you know, for recreation, Racing. These drivers aren't completely trash, um, Priest and Reagan. So I mean. It's, it's I don't think good Cody wear
1: is s- completely trashy. They're all at that. In. Well,
2: you're not. You're, you can't be completely trash you're in the highest level of, of racing. Yeah. So it's more. It's usually more the equipment side than it is the driver side. So you always got to figure that into factor. You know. Um. So none of these drivers are completely trash, but you know these drivers are you know aren't at the bottom of the level. They're actually you know they're good drivers. So they're experienced.
1: We, they're talented. David Reagan has two wins on his resume. Exactly. So,
2: who knows? I think they can both easily elevate the equipment of that car. Um, but it really just depends on how bad is that car going to be at the end of the day. That's what's going to determine how good, you know, even Cody Ware is this season and how good Reagan and Priest will be this season. It's going to be how bad is or how good is their cars and their equipment. You don't know how these, how recreation is going to hit. The next gen, are they? Is, is it going to be? Is they going to hit it on point and they'll be good, or will they miss it and will be bad for a couple weeks till they figure things out? So that's what it really comes down to, how the equipment is, um, because I think both, I think all three drivers aren't, you know, they're in the highest level of the Cup series. They can't be trash. So that's what I, that's what my my say is on it. On.
1: Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm down in the basement with my brother playing Xbox in the background. So if you hear any noise in the background of him raging, it's, it's okay. Um, I will say, I, I, I am, Rick Ware Racing looks promising, and I think the key to their performance this year is how Stuart Haas Racing uh, handles the next-gen car. Stuart Haas Racing nails the car that I think Rick Ware Racing will see a lot of improvement. If Stuart Haas Racing struggles like they did last year, I don't think you'll see quite as much improvement from Rick Ware Racing. However, they, the, the fact that, and I've talked about this on the show before, even finishing last, if you're not tearing up cars, gets you a lot of money in the Cup Series. And you can 100% make money the way Rick Ware Racing has been doing it the last year. A lot of money. So I, I really think Rick Ware Racing has been planning for the next gen car. They've been banking all those purse winnings away. And now they are ready to compete They've scaled back to two cars. They sold off a charter or two. And I think now with a bunch of money, they're going to be competitive or at least take steps towards being competitive. So even though Cody Ware is not the driver I necessarily wanted them to get, I, 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 I wouldn't have, I would be surprised if they tried and, and Balicki just thought moving to Spire was a better move, which I think probably was. I think Spire is a couple steps ahead of Rick Ware Racing. Um, I do think that the... The, the, they will perform better. I think you'll see the 51 of the 15 running top 20 a little more frequently, top 25 more frequently than you have because you're not going to jump to a race-winning organization immediately, but you, you they can take some pretty big steps.
2: Yeah, I and mean, you know, it's, it's all going to be about who hits the next gen, next-gen car on point and who doesn't. So, I mean, with that being said, I think we said enough about, well, we think that news is going to you know, developed this year, but we also had some racing this weekend. Um, and over the last week, the Chili Bowl was in effect, um, out west and um, definitely out West
1: that. Connor, it was in Oklahoma, Tulsa, right? Yeah, yeah it's out west,
2: yes, middle towards out west. What would you say it's out west, kind of middle but pushing out west? That's my uh, great geography in my head. <laughs> So, um, you know, the final, you to know, qualify in a certain B main, A main, um, to get into the final. And they race and the winner of the Chili Bowl this year was Tanner Thorson. Um, he, um, he's been driving I've, those, you know, he's been driving all of his life. And I, I, always, I always feel like I know that name. Um, I feel like he's been the Chili Bowl for years now. But he comes in first, followed by the first NASCAR driver, um, I'm kind of going the opposite direction we usually do, but the first NASCAR driver to finish inside the highest up is Christopher Bell finishing second. Um, you get a couple of these drivers. Um, I, you had Briscoe, you had Bowman, you had Larson and Stenhouse. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a couple. Chase Elliott, who had a hard okay. wreck. Um, He went into the one turn wheel, his wheel went over a guy and flipped up I, almost into the catch fence. I think, You've had to seen it you can look it up on YouTube. But it was a pretty bad wreck, but he came away just you know, just with some just with some bruises. So, I mean, he was all right. Um, I don't know if you have to pull it up here, Ethan.
1: Yes, uh, so Rico Abreu finished third. Abreu, uh, did has run uh NASCAR races in the past, he ran a full season in trucks a couple years ago. Uh, a guy named Michael Kofoid finished fourth, Tanner Carrick fifth, Kyle Larson in sixth. C.J. Leary, that's a name that I recognize from dirt racing. Uh, he finished seventh. Kevin Thomas Jr., who we might have on the podcast in a couple of weeks, actually. We've been in contact with him. Th- that is the right guy that we're talking to, right?
2: Yes, Ethan. We, yes. we He could be on the show next week for all we know.
1: Yes. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse that's, Jr., as you mentioned, be... finished, uh, finished ninth. Thomas Messerol finished tenth to round out the top ten. Other... Um, Former NASCAR or current NASCAR drivers um, Shane Golobic, who and Chris Wyndham finished 13th and 14th. Both of them ran the dirt race. Uh, I think for Rick Ware and uh, Spire. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Dylan Welch, pit road, uh, pit reporter. I think that's. I think if it's the same guy that does pit road for for Fox. I think or for NBC, he finished 22nd. He made the A main and uh, Kaylee Bryson finished 18th, the first female driver to make the A-Main for the Chili Bowl. So lots of interesting stuff there. As you mentioned, Chase Elliott had a nasty wreck, but walked away fine. He was flying flying high in, inside that Expo Center. Um, can I can I rant for a second here?
2: Go for it, Ethan. This is just another clip you could use at the end of the year. So just yes. go for it.
1: The Chili Bowl is one of the coolest events. In 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 U.S. American racing, you get like 400 drivers, midget short track racing, dirt racing, sprint cars. These things are so much fun to watch. Inside an indoor racetrack, an indoor racetrack in an expo center. It's on my racing bucket list. Connor, do you know how much it would have cost to watch that thing this week, this past week? How much? Two hundred fifty dollars. You know why? Why? Because they split it up between two streaming services and both streaming services do not have a monthly option. There's only a yearly option. So last week or two weeks ago, I'm like, Oh, I can watch the chili ball. I'm going to get a month of this flow racing that that's covering most of it. And I can get maybe even a month of a MAV TV. That's got the finals and I'll, you know i'll get a month it'll be like 20 bucks overall but it'll be worth it because i get to watch racing all week right and i go to flow racing i go to sign up and right when i'm about to pay it says 150 up front for the year there's no monthly option on flow racing and the same for mav tv this needs to change i mean if you want this event to take off to gain popularity to become one of the premier motorsports events In America, you gotta either put it on real TV or please flow racing. I emailed them an angry, I sent them an angry email and they're like, We thank you for your feedback. And it's like, come on, guys, do a little better than that. Because the only people who are going to watch this are the hard hardcore diehard fans. And if you if you want to gatekeep it like that and make it your own special thing, go ahead. But if you want to grow, you cannot do that. You have to have a cheaper alternative for 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 newbies like me. To to watch this thing. Oh, uh, we're gonna use that clip. I sent an anger email about this. Come on, guys, you gotta change this. Oh, that was <laughs> great.
2: Uh, but I mean, yeah, that, that's that's horrible. Make you pay for a yearly I mean that's one way to get you watching, I guess, for the year. Um but I Yeah, mean, yeah. but
1: I don't I don't have time or the money to 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 pay that much or, or to watch yeah, that much harder. dirt racing.
2: I mean, I feel like every every type of you know, that type of, you know stuff it's always a yearly subscription or a monthly subscription i feel like that's what it always is is it not well
1: yeah things like things like um the snowball derby you can get pay-per-view to just watch the main race it's like 15 bucks like close to the cost of a ticket you know yeah Yeah. so and, and the other thing is that that race ended the a main for the chili bowl ended at, like, 1 in the morning Eastern time, which is also really late. Um, but uh, we're, we're taking a long time. A couple more things to to note here. Jaquez uh, Villanueva, I definitely butchered that. Former Formula One champion also has driven NASCAR races in the past. He's back with uh, Team uh, Team Hesemans, if you remember when that released back in October, the 27 car, it's supposed to be driven by... Loris Hesman's at certain road courses they're also going to attempt the Daytona 500 with former F Formula One world champ Jacques Villanueva he has attempted the Daytona 500 once in the past he he did not make the race but with the entry list I think that there's a pretty good chance that he will be able to make the race this year as it doesn't look like we'll have the the chances of us having more than 40 is very slim so and that's of course due to the next gen car and stuff but uh, I did find that interesting that he's going to – we're going to have a Formula One world champion in the field.
2: Some other news. Live Fast Motorsports is extending its partnership with Motorsports Games into a multi-year technical partnership. Team will give feedback and assistance for console game development. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Um, and Maybe it'll know.
1: make Ignition finally like, decent.
2: Yeah, about to say your thoughts on it, Ethan, but I figured what you were about to say, and uh, you said it anyway, so yeah, I mean hopefully that uh, helps 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 the games out a little bit, because they definitely need it.
1: Yes. All right. I don't think we got any more news, so we will move on to the second segment in which we're interviewing, or I'm interviewing ARCA driver Brad Perez that's coming up next on Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and today we are joined, or I'm joined by a very special guest, NASCAR driver Brad Perez joins the show. How are you doing tonight?
0: Doing good, man. How are you doing?
1: Doing pretty good. Uh, It's it's cold here, (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, doing good. We'll we'll get started with the questions right away. When and how did you get interested in, in racing and motorsports? So, um, uh, racing, honestly, I,
0: I, I still kind of don't exactly know, uh, why I gravitated towards racing. Uh, when I, when I was a kid, I uh, I didn't really watch, you know, really anything on, I'd watch like cartoons, but then one day my mom, uh, my dad actually came up with this poster and it was, it was of the DuPont Firestorm car. It was like 2001. And, um, I was like, man, that looks pretty dang cool. <laughs> so Uh, found out that those things race on tv so uh tuned in and uh first race i actually watched was the 2001 daytona 500 so uh pretty exciting race to watch obviously tragic but um that got me hooked i mean i went to my first nascar race that year and uh ever since then i've been pretty hooked and didn't think i'd end up actually racing in in nascar but uh still cool enough that I get to even just participate even on the crew side
1: is, is awesome you started racing at age 18 which is obviously later than a lot of drivers do nowadays do you think that's affected your career I, I'd guess there'd be positives to doing that as well as some negatives
0: yeah um I definitely wish I started earlier but I mean you know it's just you know my parents really couldn't afford to do it and i understood that so i did a bunch of other stuff i played a bunch of sports like baseball played basketball played played a whole bunch of different sports just because you know i like being competitive um but once i had the opportunity to race um i kind of grew up with the idea that if i crashed then that could be my last time driving so it definitely has made my perspective different than i feel like a lot of other kids were you know they race ever since they were a kid and you know the one thing they were taught is you know you go out there and you win like take the steering wheel home you know and for me it was kind of more of I had to take it kind of easy Uh, obviously I try to get as be as good as I can but um, I definitely had to worry a little bit about not crashing and not putting myself in a predicament to be crashed because you know I never know when I could drive again.
1: So you started racing go-karts after that you raced uh, Spec Miatas in the SCCA for your own team how, what was it like making that jump to a bigger series and also becoming an owner in the process? Um, that was, um, that was quite a, a
0: trip because um, we had actually purchased the Miata um, before I started karting really, but it was more towards getting my feet wet and, and just driving a race car, period. But I said, I figured I'm like, I'm not going to race this thing unless I'm competent. So uh, doing the karting deal with Rice Racing definitely made me more, like, able to actually figure out what I'm doing. So once I hopped in into Miata and and raced that, um, it definitely felt more natural. And um, I got to do a lot, have a lot of fun times with that Miata, man. Uh, so actually how that came about is uh, me and my dad kind of went 50-50 on it. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, if we get this car once I graduate, like, hey, can we, um, like, I'll pay for this and you just help me get to the track and I'll figure it out <laughs> and then, uh, uh, learn how to wrench like that. I learned how to work on my own car doing that. And, uh, definitely it was a memorable experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I have a friend who's trying to, to kind of take the same path. You are going to track days, getting experience and work his way up through the SCCA and sports car racing. So I'm sure he'll find this really interesting. You've also, race legends cars in your career, how did they compare to a Miata and what, what, how did you get into that realm of racing?
0: So because I, I wanted to uh, to be in NASCAR so bad, I, I wanted to be part of over racing. Uh, I did the Miata thing just because it was the cheapest way to get into a race car. Uh, once I figured out that there was a local legend car scene uh, in South Florida, through uh, Little Gator, Little Gator Motorsports with uh, Scott Corman. Um, once I found out about that through a mutual friend, uh, I figured, you know, let me get that a shot because I've never driven on Noble uh, at the time. And um, I gave it a shot and um, did pretty well. My first few starts, I was, I was actually genuinely surprised. And um, compared to Miata, it's just, it's not, it's not even close. Like all the the driving habits that you take from a Miata being smooth, carrying enough momentum, you know, and translating that to this like 1300 pound 1200 CC motor beast is like night and day difference. So uh, honestly, I feel like driving both gives you the best of both worlds where you're able to figure out how to drive two completely different cars and then kind of having to manage that and uh, definitely made me more adaptable to different cars like the Acker car and and whatever else I've I've driven
1: that kind of that you kind of answered my next question how did you adapt quickly to to racing on an oval after only having road course experience previously
0: I mean I I can't say that I knew what I was doing um (laughs) I definitely my first race I kind of just went out there and just did the thing i don't know exactly i didn't have a strategy i didn't think about it too much but um you know i think my first race i finished third i should have won the race if i had the experience i had now i feel like i should have won it but I, I made two stupid mistakes i can still think about it today um but as far as that's concerned um i I that i feel quickly but then every other race after that it's been kind of weird but um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm a really good oval driver. I still have a lot of ways to go, um, especially before I ever do any ARCA oval races or any other NASCAR-related things. I, I definitely need to get better. So um, looking for some late model opportunities maybe to, to help myself get better at that. Uh, it's still still not quite used to oval stuff yet.
1: Uh, you also ran the Champ Car t- four, sorry, not 24, 14 hours of Daytona, um, How is that like? What was it like doing an endurance race? Because those things, those look really tough, both on driver and equipment.
0: Yeah, um, so I actually really do like the champ car races. I really want to participate one day in the 25 hours of Thunder Hill. That's a really awesome race to do. So the the cool part about endurance racing is not only is it just the ultimate team sport, it essentially is a relay race on wheels, Um, but uh, as far as the, the champ car stuff is concerned, um, doing those races gets you so much track time. Like you're, you're out there for a two to three hour stint by yourself in that car and you just have to figure it out. Whether it starts raining, figure it out. If it's you know, getting hotter, you're figuring it out. You have to deal with different types of traffic, drivers that you don't expect what they're doing. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And uh, the team that I did it with again, this is actually the same team that I carted with Thrice Racing. And uh, getting to do that with them and, and their drivers was, was really exciting. Um, we got to go through the wet, dry storm, back to dry, back to wet, back to dry again. And is so much changing. And um, essentially, the way that that race plays out is, is kind of like how most IMSA races play it, except we don't have the technology. Like, we don't have cars with traction control. We don't have cars with stability control. It's you know, just in, like street like cars, Rianas. right? It's yeah, like I mean, it's, they're 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 race cars. They're race cars, but we we have to run DOT tires, so street tires, and so we run one set of tires the entire race for fourteen mm. hours. Same brake pads, same rotors, same everything. It's so you really do have to actually like save your stuff. It makes you faster. It's it's really fun.
1: Uh sorry. <laughs> so Dude. this past. This past summer, you, you ran your first ARCA race at Watkins Glen. What was that whole experience? What was it like getting, finally getting to to ARCA, getting into the NASCAR National Series? Dude,
0: it was it was huge. Like uh, I, I I I told this to a couple people, but it's like the the main things that I remember about that day was not driving the car. It was more of like everything that had to do with it, like. You know, going to the sign-in booth with all the other drivers where, as usually I'm used to being in the garage, so I don't really see that. <laughs> like, um, you know, doing driver intros, first time I've ever done a driver intros, like when we race Miatas, we don't race in front of a crowd. So just even seeing, like, on the pace lap, just looking at the crowd, you know, on both sides of me, like, it, it was pretty insane. I was never used to seeing any of that. <laughs> uh, definitely a, a big change of, of pace and environment. Um, the race itself was was kind of crazy. Just you know, racing around guys like Sam Mayer and Thad Moffat and and Kyle Sieg and Drew Dollar. Like just I'm used to seeing them on racing on TV, and, and here I am like we're bumping doors. So it was it was really fun. Um, really excited to to do some in the future, hopefully. But that day was was amazing.
1: This ties into to my next question. Um, you're you're also a crew guy, a tire specialist, and you've worked on multiple pretty large teams. Um, what's it like, uh, first of all, as a crew guy, and also in a situation like with the Arca race, where you're all on the other side of the coin, basically, and and, and stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah, being a being a crew guy is, is is kind of fun. Not gonna lie, it's just uh, when I grew up doing this, I never expected that I would be on a on a crew Um, I really just wanted to drive (laughs) Uh, but as I kind of progressed and worked on my own cars I kind of grew to love to do that type of stuff so now getting to work with teams like Martins Motorsports uh, previously and and Rackley War um, you know it kind of is kind of like a a friendship like a fellow like a fellowship you know like a brotherhood with a lot of people in the garage where you know I, I honestly call it like You know, high school kind of does suck, but in in a sense that it's kind of like racing high school or like even if you don't have a class with somebody, you know them. And that's kind of how it is. Like whether you're not on my team or not, like we always look out for each other and, um, you know, we know about each other's lives. Like it's it's a really, really great environment to be a part of. And I love I love going to the track. It's definitely a a really awesome environment. So that and uh, after even being a crew member and then being able to race you kind of grow another perspective because then even that day i remember um just a lot of guys that i used to work with or or i did work with that worked for like teams like venerini or something like that they come up to me and they're like hey man shouldn't you be doing your tires right now like just messing with me um (laughs) and it's fun because um you know a lot of those people now like looked up to me when i'm like i look up to y'all like like a lot of those people are, are close to me, so I do love, love the crew guy stuff.
1: Now, in that race, you had, what was it? I think a brake rotor or something fail in practice, and, and you were helping fix the car uh, on that? Yeah. Uh,
0: um, yeah, the, the brakes were sticking, and um, there was a issue with the, the pedal and some related to the master cylinder. Uh kept building pressure and we actually, the rotor exploded going up the S's um, and qualified. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it until I went to the bus stop. So when I hit the brakes, the whole car just went, Phew! <laughs> I was like, oh God. Um, but uh, we got that fixed. Luckily, GMS was nice enough to lend us a rotor. Um, so we got that fixed. But um, yeah, I was trying to, as soon as it happened, I'm like, all right, we're coming to the piss and I'm thrashing on this thing to help, to help us probably get a chance to qualify because every single second of track time was huge, because I had never driven a stock car, um, but we ended up not going going to be able to, to practice, so my first laps ever in a stock car was on lap one of the race, so
1: yeah, that was uh, kind of crazy. Of all the race cars that you've driven, which one is your favorite in terms of just favorite in terms to drive because i'd assume getting to drive the arca race is the biggest race but was that the most fun car that you've driven not
0: gonna lie the car
1: was
0: really fun to drive like the the arca car definitely everything happens in slow motion like you have to really think about your moves very quick in advance because you get on the brakes too late and you're missing the corner by 100 feet like if you turn in too early you kill your exit like it makes all small mistakes very big. And that's why I like the car. Um, but I gotta say, um Miata racing and and you know, starting a race with 80 cars on grid going into turn one, funneling like 80 cars going like like 70 miles an hour into a turn, that is nuts. That is uh, that is probably the most fun I've ever had in race cars racing a Miata. Definitely recommend uh anybody who wants to watch Miata racing on YouTube uh spec me out on boards that is the most exciting racing you will ever see and uh definitely uh, want to do more in the future
1: can you you touched on earlier can you walk us through more what you do as a as a crewman so
0: um as a
1: tire specialist our the main job
0: that we do is uh put our tires in set so Every weekend, Goodyear year gives us uh, an allotment of tires that we purchased. And uh, our job as a tire specialist is to put those sets of tires into correct sets. So making sure our staggers are correct, making sure uh, our wares are tracked. So throughout the race weekend, when we, when we put the tires on the car, they come off. We see how much they wore, depending on, you know, the temperature outside, depending on how many laps we did in the run. If the car was tight, the car was loose, you know, how that affected the tires, um, you know. So main playing of that is just data. So collecting data with your tires, also same thing, setting your pressures for the race. Um, you know, when we have to make a, a air pressure adjustment, usually it's called at the very last second. So I always have to be ready. Uh, cars come the pit road and I have to hurry up, make that air pressure adjustment and uh, basically working directly under the crew chief, making sure uh, whatever he wants on the car Um, is exactly what we got on the tire so uh, definitely a a very hands-on important job to have Um, we're basically the last contact to the car so you know you could put you can make the biggest chassis adjustment ever you can you know do whatever it is to the truck or car Uh, the tires aren't right and throws off the entire equation so kind of high stress job but it's still very fun
1: What are your plans for 2022? Where where are you going to be racing? What are you going to be racing? Any more ARCA or or even truck races on the schedule?
0: So I actually, as of right now, have zero races planned. (laughs) I have nothing, uh, no sponsors right now. Um, Not really sure what I'm going to do. I do know as far as work is concerned, I'm going to be back with the Rackley War Team uh, with Matt DiMenedetto driving. Uh, I'm going to be going to the track with them. Um, definitely because of uh, a really successful test with the Mullins, um, they're going to take me on as a, a crew member. So I'm going to be able to go to uh, just about, I think, all of the ARCA East races to help them out um, as a crew member for them. So it's going to add a little other extra thing to my plate this year doing ARCA and trucks. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, trying to do a couple more Miata races if I can afford it. <laughs> and then, other than that, uh, I have my eye set on on a uh, coda I want to do coda Xfinity, and Truck, hopefully. Uh, Portland would be a really cool one to do. And uh, also, trucks going to Sonoma, definitely trying to see if I can come up with something for that. Um, either way, even if I'm not racing, uh, gratefully enough, I will be there. So, I'll be working or racing. So, we'll, either way, I'll be there. So, I'll be excited either way.
1: I will probably be at Pocono. So, might run into. So, um let's see sorry <laughs> keep losing track of my questions um uh, where did the bread nickname come from i know there's a story there
0: so uh <laughs> it's funny enough i did uh did an interview with uh, the with garage guy chase I uh, finally uncovered the story but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story so um so i grew up in miami so uh definitely mostly predominantly hispanic i'm hispanic myself Uh, I went to a high school where uh, naturally they just put me in Spanish speaker, Spanish class. So like I didn't tell them that I spoke Spanish, but they just automatically assumed that I spoke Spanish. So they put me in the Spanish speakers, Spanish class. So um, I'm, you know, going through um, the teachers doing roll call and they have the names on the sheet. So. Uh, they call my name and they're like, Bradley, and then every day it changes. So it's either like Bradley or Broly or some, something that's just not sounded right. And she would misspell my name all the time. And I'm like, you have my name on the sheet. Like, you can't just spell my name wrong. <laughs> so I was starting to get tired of it. So I, I said one day, you know, let me just shorten my name to Brad. Like, I, it's it's four letters. It's very easy. Everybody knows who Brad Pitt is. So there's already a reference. Like, you can't just mistake Brad Pitt. So um, I go into to class that day, everything's fine, Then I go to the food truck, so that's, um, at our school, we had a food truck, and uh, I decided to put my name for my order as Brad instead of Bradley, and uh, the, uh, when my food was ready, the, the, the person at the, the food truck yelled out, Brad, and I said, you know what, that's my name at that point I, I that day I changed my name on Twitter to bread and I said all right that's my name whatever
1: <laughs> that that's awesome I mean it, it, nicknames <laughs> have to come organically They you can't just make <laughs> one for yourself and I, that, that's a good one I mean your merch has the bread on it now it's like your logo <laughs>
0: yeah yeah Luke creative hooked that up he, uh he came up with that design it was pretty cool it's like the bread with a little butter in there <laughs>
1: Uh, That's nice. All right, a couple yeah. fun rapid fire questions. What's your favorite movie? Uh Shutter Island. I have not heard of that. That probably uh, shows my it's tight. youth. Um, <laughs>
0: it's tight. You gotta watch
1: it. All right, uh TV show.
0: Favorite TV show, Black Mirror.
1: I've heard of that. I haven't I haven't watched it though uh food and drink besides bread
0: uh favorite food uh i would say a public's roast beef sub (laughs) and mac and cheese (laughs) uh my favorite drink uh harito's pineapple
1: (laughs) pretty good all right thank you thank you so much for coming on Finally, to close it off, where can you be found on social media? Any merch, sponsors, anything like that you want to plug? Uh,
0: I do want to thank all of my past sponsors for all of your help. Uh, I can name them all day, but mainly Living Room, Dance Floor, The Racing Underdog, Rackley Roofing, um, Big Evil Designs, Bar Visuals, uh, all of y'all absolutely played a huge role in my life. And the fact that I'm even here speaking with you is a testament to their, their graciousness. So uh, definitely big ups to them. Um, Just big thanks to all my friends and family Um, and uh, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Brad X Perez or just search Brad Perez. You'll see me on there and uh, uh, don't follow me on anything else because I probably won't do anything on anything else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, man. Have a good night.
1: All right. Coming up next, we will – preview the season for Joe Gibbs Racing in 2311 that's coming up next on the Quick Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Equipment Podcast. You made it to the third segment on this week's show. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Sorry I couldn't make it, but I know Ethan did a great job. I'll have to listen back on it once uh, once, once it's up. Um, before we begin and we continue our driver, I mean, team predictions and kind of driver predictions as well, we um, kind of forgot to mention this in the first segment or news, but we did have an Instagram we've mentioned here a couple of times a couple months ago, but we never really decided to use it just because it's kind of – None of us really thought we kind of need it. We are posting now really actively, probably two posts a day. So make sure you guys go follow on Instagram. Um, it's quip pit. That's switched together, underscore podcast. Um, you can just search it up and it will be there. Um, got a couple of posts out already. So make sure you guys go follow over there. Um, kind of up to the minute news as well. It's kind of like our Twitter. So make sure you go follow there. But with that being said, we can get into our third third round of our driver and team previews. And this week, we got the Toyotas and Gibbs and 23X1. Ethan, who do we got first?
1: We got Denny Hamlin or the hamster himself. Uh, no championships, of course, uh, but three Daytona 500s. So uh, we'll start it off, finish third in points last year with two wins, 19 top fives, 25 top tens. I think it will be very much the same. Uh, three, four wins. Um, hit. just you know, normal Denny Hamlin things. I think he will be a round of eight competitor, a threat for the round of four, and who knows, maybe he could even get his championship. Although we know he'll find a way to choke it away. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a very similar normal year for Denny Hamlin.
2: Next up is teammate in Martin Truex Jr. Last year he finished second in points. Um, he had. Thirty top fives and twenty top tens. He uh, had four wins this season. Um, As you said, he finished. You mean
1: wait, wait, wait? Thirty top fives. You mean thirteen?
2: Yeah, I meant thirteen. Did I say thirty?
1: Yeah, you said thirty. Well, thirty.
2: Twenty top top tens, um, and he finished with four wins in a second place rank. Um, Probably gonna be another kind of Martin Truex Jr. season. He's entering his forty-two year old uh, season in twenty twenty-two. So we'll see how long this continues at his high level of racing. Um, but I think he's got another year or two in him. So um, I think it'll be another four-win season for the Rancho Junior Company.
1: Yeah. I don't think he will be able to recreate his dominant seasons of, uh, of 2017 and 2019. But I do think he will have a very strong year. I think this car will suit him well. I think he can drive it. Drive it well. And, and you know, a Truex always just finds a way to, to win races. And so I think he will continue to do the same. Uh, I agree with you. Another like Hamlin. Easy round of eight uh, pick, probably. And definitely a threat to make the Final Four. Kyle Busch is next after two straight disappointing seasons uh, since he won the championship in 2019. He's only won three races since then. Um, last year, he got two, finished ninth in points with 14 top fives, 22 top tens. Um, something interesting here, even though he won more races than 2020, and we all thought 2020 was a really bad year for him by his standards, he actually led more laps in 2020, 516, to compare, compared to only 334 for Kyle Busch. That is the lowest amount of laps he's ever led in a season since he raced full-time in the Cup Series. That's his career low in laps led for a full-time season, Kyle Busch, last year. I think that he will rebound this year. I am expecting a Kyle Busch revival. Uh, he's, you know, he's in, he's in his H37 season. He is going to, at, after 35, 35 to 40, that's typically the prime time for, for drivers, really. And he's just been really good before then. So I really think with this new car, the, the, the driving is back in his hands. And so I think Kyle Busch will have a phenomenal season in 2022. I think he will be one of the, one of the main championship threats in 2022. Unfortunately, because I'm not a big Kyle Busch fan, but I think he will go and get a lot of wins next year.
2: See, this could go two ways. For me, it could go he rebounds, like you said, or this is his downfall. Kind of like Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon did. Kind of around the same age, um, but he needs a good season here um, to kind of prove us wrong. But as you said, it could go two ways, um, or it could go your way with him getting way back up, ready back up to championship contention, or it could kind of go down to where he's now 12th to 15th at points. So, I mean, this is a huge season to see what the last of Kyle Busch Did you just have two bad seasons was it the car that just had a two bad seasons is he still there is he still good and will he get back up to his peak um where he's at the championship and oh when you thread it week in and week out so I mean we'll have to wait and see on that but definitely a very important season for the career of Kyle Busch coming up uh, next
1: two, wait 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 two things to look at uh his teammates Martin Truex Jr his age 37 season He won eight races in the championship in that same year, 2017, when Danny Hamlin uh, or in 2018, sorry, when Danny Hamlin was in age 37 season, he won no races and finished 11th in points, which is his worst, worst points finish since in a full season since 2007. So it could go either way. But also Hamlin in the three years since that year, 2019, 2020 and 2021, he's won um 15 races across those three years so uh and, and true much of the same where even since his age 37 season he's still done very well so i think there i think kyle bush has double digit wins left in him easily even if he doesn't get back to his his peak
2: moving up next is the young youngster of the four and chris rebel entering his third season in the cup series um He's going into his 27th age season. He finished last year 12th in points. Um, he had seven top fives and 16 top tens, and he has had one win at the Daytona road course. I think you're going to start seeing see him even improve a little bit more um, as he kind of gets used to the Cup Series. He's going to still learn a new car, but I think he's going to do just fine, and I think he'll end up being a really good driver for Gibbs for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think with this new car, with the tracks on the schedule the fact that he ran very well, not just at Daytona road course where he won, but all the road courses. I mean, you could argue he had the best car at Watkins Glen before he got taken out by Kyle Larson. Um, I, I really think that this will be a big year for, for Bell. I think he will explode onto the seat. I think he will have multiple races and he will be a threat to make the round of eight. I really do. I think he will, be the next big Toyota superstar, finally a driver that they developed that they didn't let go because he didn't perform well enough. So um, I'm excited to see what Bell does this year. Next up uh, Bubba Wallace for 23 11. And last year he had one win, three top fives, three top tens and a final finish in the point standings of 21st. Uh, Career highs in top fives, wins, obviously, last led, and also average finish. One thing I noticed looking through this, Connor, as much as we thought he was struggling last year, it was still a career year in terms of average finish, average start, all that stuff. Uh, Cracked the top 20 in average finish, Uh, had a career high in lead lap finishes and stuff like that. So he had a career year, uh, despite it not looking that what as, as such maybe because he had too high expectations heaped upon him. I think this year he will do better. But, and I'll get to this in a minute, I think his teammate is going to, in a way, expose him. And I'm not saying this because I don't like Bubba Wallace. I think Bubba Wallace is great for the sport. I think he's a great personality. I want to see him succeed. I don't think he's a superstar. And I think this year will show that.
2: Yeah, and 23x1 um they've kind of you know they went all in this year they got another charter they have two cars on the team and they're expanding like track house did um Bubba Wallace is entering his 28 year old uh 28 year old each season um and who knows is this I guess who knows could is Toyota gonna be the manufacturer that's gonna hit the next gen and it's just it's just that I think Kurt Busch has more experience I agree with you has more experience and it's just you know Uh, It's gonna be able to take it, learn a new car more faster, or just it's gonna take that car and make it better than what Bob Wallace was. I think Kurt Driver, Kurt Busch is a great driver, and I think Bob Wallace is a good driver too. But as you said, I don't think he's a superstar yet. He could very well become one, and I hope he does because that would be great for the sport. And I love him. I love his personality. And I think it's he's just a great driver. But I don't think he's a superstar yet. So. Who knows? I hope he goes out and proves this all wrong this year and becomes a superstar and wins three races. So, I mean, we don't know yet. But as you said, I think I think he I think he could I think he's gonna get a win this year and it's gonna be like a solid win. I just I, who knows where that's gonna be? It could be anywhere. Um, and I think he's gonna get more than three top tens, um, which are all top fives. But I think he's gonna get you know, I could see him getting seven to ten top tens. So I think it's gonna be an improvement of where he's finishing um, this year. I think it's going to be a, a career year for Boba Wallace. But I think it's going to be as good as his new teammate in Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch is entering his 43rd, 43-year-old age season. He finished 11th at points last year with six top fives and 14 top tens. Um, and he had one win at Atlanta, and I think it's going to be another, another Kurt Busch year where he's going to win one race. He's going to dominate that race. But he's gonna, I think he's going to up it in top fives and top tens. I think he's going to get anywhere from eight to ten top fives. And I can see him getting up to 16 top tens, 16 to 18 top tens. So, I think Kurt Bush is going to be the better of the two. But we'll have to wait and see on that.
1: I disagree with you, Connor. I am very bullish on Kurt Bush this year. You think about it. This is going – the chassis is the same across the board. All the Toyota teams getting the same chassis. You have Kurt Busch, technical genius, as far as drivers are concerned. He knows how to set up a race car. He knows how to make the car better by himself. He knows the inner workings of these cars. He will improve. I mean, look what he did at Ganassi. When he started at Ganassi, he took a team with Jamie Jamie McMurray that had won, like, one race in the last five years. And he immediately made that a top-ten car in the field. Just by his experience – his talent, his knowledge, he came in, made that, elevated that program. Now, you you, you bring him into a, a second-year team with young driver Bubba Wallace. And I think one of the reasons Bubba Wallace will succeed this year is because Kurt Busch is on that team. Um, and so I think, you know, Kurt Busch is going to come in Obviously, this team's getting the best engines. They're going to have the same chassis as the Gibbs car. For all intents and purposes, twenty-three eleven this year really is – these are the fifth and sixth Gibbs cars. They're going to have speed to win races. And for that reason, Kurt Busch is going to be a championship contender next year. He will be – Whoa. He is going to go out, get three or four wins, revive his career – Show that the talent is not gone in that man. And he is going to go out and have one of the best years of his career. He's going to compete for a championship. And that's why I think Bubba Wallace will be exposed next year. Not because he will perform badly. Far from that. Bubba Wallace will have a great year next year. A huge career year. But Kurt Busch will have far and away a great season. He will compete for a championship next year. You can book that. And play it back when I'm right. Championship weekend when we're previewing, and Kurt Busch is in the final four, competing for a title in Phoenix in November.
2: Um. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right, Mister Confident. Um. Yeah, he's gonna get one win in a cup. You know, he's gonna have a better gear, but just not championship contention. Um. But.
1: Uh, you want we'll to bet
2: on to that see. too, Connor? No, I'm not betting that Curtis on championship front. I don't think he's going to go. I think he's going to go. No,
1: I meant, do you want to bet against my prediction?
2: Oh because yeah, I think that's so stupid.
1: I bet right, against. We'll, fig- it. we'll figure. out, I don't want to make any decisions on show. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll decide later. Actually, you know what? Round of eight.
2: You, did you did you not just say round of four?
1: Oh, okay. You're um, How confident round of, of four. Round of four. I'm pretty confident that he is going to be competing for that. I am very confident that he's going to win multiple races. So we can place a bet on multiple wins for for Kurt Busch. Three and up. So, so you're you're betting under three.
2: Yeah. If he has so,
1: two wins. one or two wins. Okay. I'll take that back. 10 bucks. All right. You got a deal. Kurt Busch wins three or more races. I'll write it down and we will close it out. Connor, can you close that episode out?
2: Yes. Thank you guys for listening and hope you guys um, enjoyed the show with news. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview and our team previews that are uh, continuing here. We only have a couple more weeks uh, this Sunday when you guys are listening on Thursday, just this Sunday will be four weeks until the Daytona 500 one month. So, um, Make sure you guys are ready. Stick around on the podcast. There's some exciting things coming up. As I mentioned on Twitter, if you don't follow us there, go follow us on there. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week here on the Quick Pit Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening. It's recorded. Comment it's going to lose another one. Thank you guys for listening.